Good morning. Good morning. I know it's my cue to get up here when everybody gets quiet. <laughs> Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you're here with us today, and we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and grandmothers and aunts and those who are like mothers um, and those who have had a big influence on on many of our lives. Happy Mother's Day to all. Uh, There is an insert of names uh, in the bulletin uh, that is... Uh, showing who these roses have been been given for, and so you can uh, take a look at that. And also there's a flower arrangement uh, in the vestibule uh, this morning, and that is placed in the loving memory of Roseanne Daves in honor of Mother's Day, and that is given by Anna and Ben McDaniel. We are glad that you are here uh, for worship today. We look forward to our children leading us here in just a few moments, Um, and I pray that each of us would prepare our hearts as we prepare to worship this morning. Our hymn of praise this morning is hymn number 348, Shout to the Lord. We will sing through the hymn two times total, Shout to the Lord, 348. If you are able, please stand and join and sing.
Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm looking at the camera while I'm doing the Bible. Okay, good. Why are you looking at the camera? Oh, okay. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not be alone. He makes me lay down in green matches. Maybe he's time quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me a path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know it will bring you with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Surely, surely, prepare a table before me and a friend of my enemies. Now my head, you anoint my head with oil. Surely, my cup. My cup, okay. My cup overflows. Surely, yes. Surely, goodness will follow me all the day. Surely, life. goodness and love. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord Thank you, Ellen and workers, for all you do on Wednesday nights and every Sunday morning and any time these kids gather, Wednesdays and Sundays. It's a busy time in our nursery. And Ellen would be glad to uh, talk with you about an opportunity to serve the Lord in our nursery, should that be of interest to you. But certainly want to welcome each of you to service this morning. I know Alan's already done that, but let me just extend that welcome once again. If you are here today as a first-time guest, I would love the opportunity to meet you following our service. I recognize today is a very special day. Many of you have gathered with your families here for worship, and what a treat I know that is uh, for the mom and grandma and uh, for the family for you to be here today. So welcome to Bowling Springs this morning. Let me just say that we're going to do something a little bit different for our pastoral prayer this morning, and I need your help with this. Um, we're going to be focusing on Psalm 23, as you already saw, uh, it's been wonderfully recited, not read, but recited by, I don't know, maybe she was three, a three-year-old this morning. She might have been four, I'm not sure, but uh, we're going to be looking at that in a deeper way this morning. But before we get there, I need your help with the pastoral prayer. I'm going to be saying um, in the prayer, it's at three or four times, I'm going to say these words, help us to say what David said. And following that, in my prayer, I need you to say out loud, if you will, the Lord is my shepherd. So let's try that one time. Help us to say what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, amid all the uh, confusion and chaos that surrounds us on a daily basis, whether in our greater world or even in our local context at times, uh, it's good to know that we serve an unchanging shepherd. It's good to know that we have a God who is like that shepherd, steady and constant, often going before us and preparing a way, leading us and guiding us through the valley of the shadow of death, but also, and he promises us there with us forever as well. And so claim that and know that and hear that promise as we sing it, as we celebrate it, as it's read, and as it's preached this morning. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful for another opportunity to worship together as your people. We confess this morning that we are a lot like sheep. We are prone to wonder, and we allow the voices of others and of society and the news and entertainment, and at times of friends who mean well, to lead us away from your path. So God, today help us to say what David said, the Lord is my shepherd. God, we acknowledge that some present today have walked through some dark valleys this week. All of us certainly know someone in a dark valley, 
a valley that may be filled with sickness, grief, uncertainty, and fear, a valley filled with questions where an answer is yet to be found. Some in our country and our world are walking through a valley where unspeakable violence has occurred. Walk with these and all who find themselves in darkness today. Amid the dark valley, help us to say what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. God, our enemies are present in our lives. Forces that try and pull us away from you. Pride, envy, hatred, selfishness. When we are tempted to stray from you and try to make it on our own, to do things our way, teach us once again to look to you in these times. Help us, Lord, to say what David said. The Lord is my shepherd. God, you have provided for our basic needs this week. Thank you for the food that we've eaten, the luxury of the variety of our diets, for clean water available to us. You anoint us with the oil of your grace. Our cup truly overflows. You grant us encouragement and new strength when we falter, tender compassion when we are spent. Goodness and mercy are following us and give us eyes to see this. Thank you for the very life and breath in our bodies today and help us to say what David said, the Lord is my shepherd. God, for those who serve, minister, and share the gospel in difficult places, both here in the states and around the world, bless them this day with provision protection, and fruitful ministries. As we serve you in our homes, in our workplace, our community, and world, help us to offer the same care to others that you offer to us. Move us to follow you, our good shepherd, so that others may turn and respond to your great care and love. Thank you for laying your life down for us, your sheep. And we commit the service, our worship, and our very lives to you this day. We thank you for your goodness and your loving kindness so good that you have allowed us to dwell in your house forever. As we conclude this prayer, we once again acknowledge what David did when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. In the name of Jesus, who in the gospel of John said, I am the good shepherd, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our hymn is number 687, Would You Bless Our Homes and Families. 687, if you are able, please stand and join in singing.
before I pray, I just want to take the opportunity to wish all the mothers a fantastic and wonderful Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for all the many blessings that you bestow upon us each and every day, Lord. We ask your blessings on this church and staff and just pray that your will be done in all that we do. And Father, as we come to the time in the service, as we give our tithes and offerings, we know that everything in heaven and earth comes from you, Lord. And Father, as we reflect on all you have given us, help us to be eager to give freely back to you just a portion of what is really yours. We ask your blessings on this offering this morning and pray that it may be used to further your kingdom, not only here, but throughout the world, so that your will will be done. For we ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you, choir. If I can draw your attention to your bulletin this morning, every service I hope each week is participatory, but today we're taking that very literally and intentionally and asking you to participate in in a variety of ways. And today we're gonna read scripture. I'm not aware that I have asked this of the congregation uh, in my time, but today I am. And I think you will, we will all benefit from reading a very familiar passage of scripture in this way today. But if you will look in your bulletin, I'm asking all of you to read verse one of Psalm 23. I'm asking the choir if you will read verse two. This piano side near the, these windows, if you'll read verse three, the middle section, and of course the balcony, you just kind of fit in with whatever section you're closest to. The middle, read verse four, the organ side, verse five, and then we will all come back together for the last verse of Psalm 23. Let's begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God bless the reading and the preaching of your word today. Speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to. And Lord, when we leave this place, may we all say it's good to have been in your house today. In Jesus' name, amen. Some of you, if I mention the name Tony Campalo, may recognize that name. He was uh, very popular back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, and I don't hear as much from him today, and and I need to kind of check up to see what his status is. But he was a strong voice, uh, often a a voice that sometimes you would kind of maybe even go, hmm, I I don't know about that. Maybe he would say something that would challenge you or challenge his audience. But he came to Gardner-Webb in the mid-90s. And he is a famous, a powerful preacher, author, and professor up in the Northeast. He came through, um, well, let me say this. He would often travel with his wife, Peggy. I did not meet her when, she, uh, when he came through Gardner-Webb, but he would often travel with his wife, Peggy. And uh, when she was not at home uh, rearing the two children, uh, sometimes she, when she traveled with him, sometimes she would be asked and would be around very influential people and would be asked, you know, what she does. Uh, these would be people who were accomplished and impressive and influential people. And after one trip, Peggy confided to Tony that sometimes she found herself feeling a little intimidated by some of these encounters. So Tony suggested that she find a way to express herself in what she does as a mom and manager of the home. Well, it wasn't long after that that Tony and Peggy Campalo were at a party and a woman asked Peggy in a rather condescending tone, well, my dear, what do you do? Tony Campalo overheard his wife say these words, and I have to read them. I am nurturing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might become instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia God envisioned from the beginning of time. Oh, the other woman said, I'm just a lawyer. (laughs) 
in, in Jesus' in Jesus's day, if anyone had a right to say, well, I'm just a, it was the shepherds. Their job was important, but they didn't have very high social status. And that's why the angels, and we read the birth story in Advent at Christmas, that's why the angels announcing the birth of Jesus, first of all, to the shepherds was scandalous. Yet the shepherd is mentioned often as a central theme throughout all of scripture. It's one that we often refer to both in the Old Testament and in the New. David was the runt of his family of brothers and uh, Samuel came to the house of Jesse to anoint the next king of Israel. And he went through them one by one until finally, and God said, no, 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 until finally he said, do you have any more? And he said, I have one. And he's out in the field again, watching the sheep. Psalm 23 uses a shepherd as the central image for God. And one of the most important images for Jesus for the early church was Jesus as the good shepherd. Throughout the scripture, we find many words or descriptions of God and of Jesus. We hear in Revelation being referred to as the Alpha and the Omega. Around Advent, around Christmas, we refer to Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. Light of the world, bread of life, the living water. We, we have all these words that we use and they're all great words. But one of my favorites for Jesus, one of those that encapsulates, none of them encapsulates all of who he is, but one of those words that I enjoy and have, have relished the most is that of a shepherd. And not only a shepherd, but a good shepherd. And I'm gonna tell you, and we'll see that this morning as we continue. There are similarities between us and sheep, first of all. I need to mention this. So, for, and for good reason, Jesus calls us sheep. Sheep are fearful. They're easy prey for coyotes and other wild animals, and so are we. Sheep are timid, needy, stubborn, greedy. They get full and sit down to rest just like many of us will do this afternoon. Yet despite all these characteristics of sheep, God chooses us. He calls us. He calls us by name and makes us his own and delights in caring for us. He is forever laying himself out for us despite our willful disobedience. Yet he knows this and he continues to act in a way that has our best interest at heart. This is simply amazing. In scripture, not only do we know of Psalm 23, but we know of others in the Old Testament that talk about this imagery or metaphor of sheep and a shepherd. In Luke 15, we know of the um, 99 who were lost. We, there's a lot of things lost in Luke 15, a lost coin and a lost son, but at the beginning, I believe it is, we learn of the lost sheep and of the shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes after the one. We also know of another one in, in John chapter 10. And anyone doing a deeper study of God, Jesus as a good shepherd, should lay aside or lay open Bibles that have both Psalm 23 and John 10. And I did not list that as a scripture this morning, but it is on the slides and I would like to read John chapter 10 verses one through 15. Let these words speak to us as we continue this morning. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. 
And all who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. The use of the metaphor is strong between God or Jesus as the shepherd and between us, the people, as his sheep. Just as God, just as a shepherd leads his sheep, so God leads us. And we see that clearly as we begin looking at Psalm 23. When God spoke this metaphor to David, it was something that he could relate to. It was something that he knew something about when uh, he was led to write these words as the shepherd, or write these words as, as the young man he was. Let's look back to Psalm 23 quickly. Uh, the Lord, the Yahweh, the same God who spoke to Moses in the burning bush, the same God who led the people of Israel through the Jordan River, the same God who led the people of Israel to the promised land, that God, that Lord, is my shepherd. There are other instances and other places in the scripture where it refers to the shepherd in a communal context as our shepherd. Here in Psalm 23, I think David is very intentional about his use of the word my. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He provides for my greatest needs, not all of my needs, but my greatest one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep will not lay down if they're not protected, if they're not comfortable, if they're not well fed. So the imagery there, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, waters that sheep need, they cannot live without. He restores my soul. Oh, how our souls long to be restored today. He guides me. Your translation may say he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And I have to just stop here and say, Ed, when I hear that, I hear it at the end of your prayers and I love it every time I hear it. Uh, when you pray, where, where, where that may be, you say he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You ask God to do that in your prayers and I love that. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And you may have heard me say this before at a funeral. And this, first of all, this text is not just, should not be simply read and preached at funerals. And it deserves to have the attention that we're giving it this morning. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't say, though I walk in and, I, and we kind of camp out there a while, we stay there. Or, you know, there's no coming out of it. But it, I love the, the imagery that we get when we read this verse four. Even though I walk through Again, we don't stay there. It's a pathway, we're moving. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. And why do we fear no evil? Why do the sheep fear no evil? For he is with us. When the, she when the sheep see the rod and the staff, they comfort the sheep. When they look in the distance and around in the field and they can see the shepherd, the good shepherd standing there with his rod and his staff, they know they are protected. They know that should they become endangered in a hole in the, in the field or on a cliff, that that shepherd's staff will come to their rescue. So they are comforted as they lie in the field. Their rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
And we move from the imagery, and I won't focus on this a lot, but we move from the imagery of that of a shepherd to a little bit of that of a host, to God as a gracious host. And in verse five, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. Something that could happen as a host and as a dinner, but it can also happen as we think of cattle, as we think of sheep and, and the shepherd anointing their head with oil to help them with the bugs and the gnats. In verse six, surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and the promise that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Being a shepherd was not a glorified occupation. They stood out in the heat all day, having to stay alert, keeping their eyes open for the wayward coyote or or stray animal that would attack the sheep. God does not care about how good the job looks, but more so to the heart behind the job that is being done. And I would venture to say for moms this morning, your work is is that similar to the hard work of a shepherd. At times it's tough. Scripture gives us a lot of imagery, and I'm not gonna focus heavy on that this morning, but it does give us a lot of imagery between that of a shepherd and that of a mom who gathers her sheep. There's a verse in Isaiah verse, uh, chapter 40, verse 11, that says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, carries them close to his heart, and he gently leads those that have young. We know of young David taking and herding his father's sheep and protecting them, and we know that he was a later anointed king. And again, as I reference, we have Moses who spent 40 years as a shepherd in the wilderness. He knew something about leading and shepherding the people of Israel, having spent his time in the wilderness with those sheep. 40 years is a pretty good amount of time to train someone for the uh, task that God had for him. But I wanna ask this question, spend our closing minutes answering this question. What do we learn about Jesus As we look to Psalm 23 and as we've read John chapter 10 this morning, what do we learn about Jesus from these two texts? And the first thing we learn is Jesus loves his sheep. He makes me lie down in green pastures. We've read these images just now. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness. He is with us amid the dark valleys. He's made a way for us to dwell with him in his house forever. We know of his love through these texts and we know it through his expressions through other people. We know in John chapter 10, 11 and 12, when he says, I lay down my life for the, for the sheep. This is the central message of the gospel, that I love you. I want, to, I want I am, you are known by me. I want to love you. I, I want to have a relationship with you. God's message of love from the shepherd to the sheep is the central message of the gospel. I want a relationship with you. As parents, that should be without question in the life of our children, to know that our children know that we love them and would do anything for them, that we would lay down our lives for them if need be. Jesus loves his sheep, he also protects his sheep. A shepherd walks ahead of the sheep, often going into fields looking for poisonous plants, looking for dangerous cliffs, looking for anything that might cause harm to the sheep. And one of my favorite books, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he spends a great deal of time talking about that. And there's certain plants that only a shepherd would know about, that if the sheep eat those plants, it's not gonna be good for the sheep. If there are certain fields that have a, uh, dips in them that would, become, that would uh, lead a sheep to become cast, a shepherd will not, he'll either fix those holes or lead those sheep to another pasture because they'll curl up in that little hole and they'll become comfortable to the point that they, cannot, they can no longer stand up 
and their legs, they can't walk, and the shepherd will have to come and to straddle the sheep and to rub his legs, either that or eventually the sheep would die. But the shepherd protects his sheep, and Jesus protects his sheep as well. In John chapter 10, we get the idea, I didn't didn't explain this before we read it, but many shepherds would bring their their flock and put them together in what would be a a fold, I believe is what it is, but it's a a wall that would be about waist high made out of rock uh, that they had piled up and, and different flocks would gather in that larger pen, if you will. And the imagery there is when uh, the shepherd walks outside of that pen and says, let's go and calls the sheep by name and yells, the sheep know his voice. And so the sheep leave and the others stay that belong to someone else. But the sheep that belonged to that shepherd would gather and begin walking out and following him. But also we have the significance of the rod and the staff and how they protect the sheep as well. So he loves his sheep, he protects his sheep, but he also knows his sheep. Verse 14 of chapter 10, he says, I know my own and my own know me. When I first arrived in Boiling Springs and I would talk with many of you over the phone, I would often say, and I still do, this is Pastor Keith, because you may not hear from me every day, but there are many of you now who call me and just start talking and you don't introduce yourself because you know that I know you and you know that I recognize your voice. And the same is true for me as well at times. I'll call someone and just kind of go in with a question or go in with a comment. And we begin to recognize each other's voice because we've spent time together. And we begin to recognize the voice of the other. And we know that with the shepherd and the sheep as well. And as we begin to spend more time with God, as we begin to increase and mature in our relationship and our devotion to him, we begin to recognize the voice of God. And sometimes that voice comes in that still small voice that we know to be in the Old Testament. But at times he speaks through other people. At times he speaks through our circumstances. He speaks through his word. He speaks through song. He speaks to us in nature. He speaks to us in so many ways. But Jesus knows his sheep. He has an intimate knowledge of his sheep. And he has a unique relationship with each one of us. But not only does he love, protect, and does he know us, but he also guides his sheep. And we see that in Psalm 23, we see it in John 10. It's a constant, it's a constant guiding. He leads me beside the still waters. The same images in the next verse, he leads, he guides to paths of righteousness for his name's sake. In John, in John 10, I know I keep going back and forth because I feel like it's needed for us to get the, 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 the bigger picture of this imagery here. But in John chapter 10, he isn't, um, he isn't behind the sheep yelling, go, go, go. But he leads out. It says he walks out and the sheep follow him as they hear the shepherd's voice. And I love that imagery as we think about it and put it back to, to Psalm 23 as he walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. He's not in the background going, go, go, I'm, you're, I've got you, you know, encouraging you. But he walks out ahead of the sheep, leading them and leading us at times through the dark valleys that we all face and that we all go through. In verse four, the good shepherd leads his sheep out by name and they follow him. You know, God has and desires that personal relationship with each of us, his sheep. As I begin to close, not there yet, I invite you to think about where that relationship is this morning, that relationship between you and the good shepherd this morning. Is it a voice that when he speaks, you recognize? Or is it a voice that 
because of the distractions and the chaos and the crazy world that we all find ourselves in during the week, have we somehow tuned that voice out? Are we hearing other voices that are more prominent than that voice that we should listen to the most, that voice of the good shepherd? You know, one of the things about sheep is they cannot stay in the same restricted pasture for a long time. They must move to another field. If not, they'll eat up the roots and before long, and you, we know of fields, you've seen fields like that where there's no grass. The sheep, the, the cows, the horses, whatever it may be that are in that field, that are in that one place for some time. Many of you know more about that far than I ever will. But if they stay in that same place for such a long time, that they'll begin to eat the roots and pretty soon no grass will be able to grow. Pretty soon you'll have some unhealthy sheep. But before that happens, the shepherd takes them to open fields. Open fields where there's risk. I've been to the Middle East and I've seen it myself. You were driving in the tour bus and I think it was in 99 when the group from Garden Web and you, see, you can see off in the distance some shepherds in the fields and, and truly leading their sheep. And of course, you know, if you can imagine the landscape over there, there's not a lot of grass. And so they have to constantly, constantly be on the move. We as a church cannot stay comfortably inside these walls, but we must also be on the move. We must also be on the move in our local community, within our state, our nation, and within our world. As parents and leaders, let's set a good example of what it looks like to trust the shepherd so that when our kids do leave the fold, they'll know what it's like and they will have had an example in their home of what it looks like to follow the good shepherd. It's not always easy. We've talked about that over the last several weeks. There's risk involved. But you know what? They can look back at mom and dad and they can see an example of what it looks like to follow and to trust the good shepherd. Some of you have heard me mention um, an illustration maybe some time ago by about author Lord Lloyd Douglas. He was one of the greatest authors of his time. I think he died in around 1951. Max Licato tells the story that I'm about to tell in, in one of his books, and I can't remember which one it is, but he talks about Lloyd Douglas when he was in college. He lived in a boarding house. And each morning when he left for school, he would go past the room of a retired music professor. And he would stick his head in the door and he would say, what's the good news? And that retired music professor would take his tuning, tuning fork or his, his tuning item and would tap it on his wheelchair and he says, that my friend is middle C. It was middle C yesterday, it's middle C today, and a thousand years from now, it will still be middle C. The tenor upstairs sings flat, the piano across the hall is out of tune, but that my friend is middle C. And I say all that to say that you and I, with the world that we live in today, with the chaos that surrounds our families and our homes at times, our community, our schools, our workplaces, our nation, amid the unanswered questions that we all have, it's good to know that we have an unchanging shepherd. It's good to know that our unchanging shepherd is much like that tuning fork that that retired music professor would hit on his wheelchair. That good shepherd is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His desire is for you and I to dwell in his house forever. We see that at the end of Psalm 23. I say this, congregation, moms, to all who are present this morning, I'm glad to know that we have someone walking with us amid all the craziness that sometimes comes to our lives without invitation, that we have an unchanging shepherd that we have someone who can help us do the hard work of shepherding, whether that be in your home as a mom, as a dad, 
whatever that may be, as a leader in your community, at your workplace, in this church, we have someone who can help us show others what it looks like to follow the good shepherd. We have that good shepherd. We have access to that good shepherd. He knows us, he protects us, and he's called us to be his. Are we listening to his voice as it speaks to us through his word, through Bible studies and through preaching, through worship, through one another as we have times of fellowship, as we share life together? Do you know the good shepherd? And are we following the good shepherd? And if we are, then let's let it be known in our homes. Let's let it be known in this church. Let's let it be known outside these walls that we know and are following the good shepherd. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that you have given us an example of what a good shepherd is. And Father, you have taken it to the extreme that you have laid down your life for us. As a good shepherd would do anything to protect his sheep, Father, we thank you for loving us and guiding us and protecting us and calling us to be your own. Father, we pray that as we move forward, not only in our individual spiritual lives, but as we move forward as a church, God, we pray that we would all, I pray that we would all look to the good shepherd, that we would truly be open to your guidance and your leading. Father, oh, how we long to hold on to control in our lives. But Father, help us today and each day to give you control, to give you the steering wheel to allow you to lead us and to guide us. As Psalm 23 says, in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Help everything we say and do to be about advancing your kingdom. Forgive us when we as your sheep wander and go our own ways. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here in you've never begun a relationship with the Good Shepherd. I'd love to talk with you about that more than anything. If you're here today and desire spiritual renewal, you can find that. I would love to pray with you. If you're here today and desire church membership, the altar is open, and I would encourage you to come as we stand and sing hymn number 680, I Then Shall Live. Let's stand and sing together.
before you leave this morning, just want to encourage you to talk to two or three people that you either may not know or haven't spoken to uh, yet before you leave this morning. We uh, gather and continue to trickle in there at the beginning of our services, and so uh, there are some I know that you would want to speak to before you leave today. Let me just remind you to not only pick up your rose uh, that's down here, anyone from your family can come and do that, but we will have someone on, in the hallway here on the Oregon side uh, selling some tickets for the fish fry next Sunday that benefits our Guatemala mission trip. This is our largest and hopefully our biggest and only fundraiser. If it's well supported, uh, then there'll be no yard sale or other big fundraiser this summer. And so please come and, and support that in any way you can. Um, anything else that needs to be said? I don't think Ellen's in here. Uh, there's no activity in the services this evening, but encourage you to be here uh, this Wednesday. Bob Lamb will be leading the time at 11 this week and uh, on Wednesday evening as well. But uh, happy Mother's Day to all. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the way your word challenges us. Father, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. Help us as your sheep to follow your voice this week as we leave these walls. In Jesus' name, amen.